welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. Scott Everson started an online healing community for chronic illness. It's called Wired for Healing, and they have five classes a week. It's all centered around limbic training and gut brain access, education and healing. So they have speakers that come in every month and talk as well as these classes to help with your nervous system. But really more importantly, it's a community of people that are all coming together to try and heal their chronic illness, which is really fabulous. So I wanted to have Scott on the show so that he could talk about that. We also talk about why he started it and his healing. He is still on his healing journey. So we talk a bit about what has been helpful, what hasn't been helpful. Scott is known online as the the carnivore lion. And so he had me on his YouTube channel and interviewed me there. And that's how we got to know each other. So he is really passionate about helping people with cancer, but also anyone who's trying to heal from chronic illness. So that is mostly what we talk about in this episode. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope that you will check out Wired for Healing. I have a link on my website if you go to shop and you can go in there and you can use my code to get a discount if you want to sign up for a membership. But just go check it out and see what you think. And you can also check out the Carnivore Lion YouTube channel and check out Scott's interviews on there. I'm on there. So you can check that out and see what you think. All right. Happy healing. Scott, I'm so excited to have you on the show and to talk you into coming on the show. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. I I really love your podcast and, uh, I loved having you on my podcast. So Yes, I know. So everybody can go check you out um, on your YouTube. I did an interview for you on the Carnivore Lion channel. So that's exciting. And yeah. you've got lots of fun stuff there. And have you got any ideas where you headed with the channel? Because you're putting food stuff, but also um, some other stuff. Because we didn't even talk that much about diet. You know, the thing I'm most passionate about is cancer. And I don't not that I know of, I don't have cancer. I, I haven't had cancer, but I think everyone's been touched by cancer to some degree. Um, but I think the main thing is the area that is least, or I, I would say most underappreciated mm-hmm. with some, some definite, definitely, you know, more simple solutions than, than the toxic therapies that are, are being put out there right now. Yeah. I'm just talking to all kinds of people in that field, all, all kinds of survivors and Mm-hmm. scientists and so metabolic therapies is where I really would like to take the to take the channel and yeah just kind of doing what I'm doing you know detail my own journey of healing and also just do some fun stuff making fun of vegans or whatever I mean it's, <laughs> you know my my channel is kind of not like yours because it's kind of like there's a bit of junky entertainment involved with it too I just kind of like taking the piss out of people sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's, it's sort of half and half, half entertainment, half educational, I guess. Yeah. But I love what you're doing. And I think it, I mean, it's fun to watch the the junky stuff too, but I mean, and I didn't realize that that was really a passion of yours is folks that are struggling with cancer and making sure people have the, the meta metabolic health, how important that is. So <clears throat> I really love yeah. that. You know, it's, it's something that, and I want to, I want to bring this up on all my interviews from now on, because mm-hmm. it's something that just blows my mind, you know, and I, I, I don't know whether to gravitate more towards anger or sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of feel a lot of both and not a lot of stuff really gets me down these days. But when I think about cancer, it, it, it really does. You know, my wife is a pediatrician. And she works at the hospital and you know, I've, I've gone by the sort of oncology ward many times. And, um, it, it really hits home with the kids for me, you know, and, yeah, and I, and I don't like that. And, um, every time I see a, a kid with cancer, even, you know, adults too, I mean, my neighbors, I mean, everyone I know is getting cancer now. And 
Um, people don't want to look at the science. They don't want to look at the studies. They don't want to look at the anecdotal cases that are going along with the studies. And um, there's just so much that makes sense about it. And it, it's it's just like this ultimate matrix-like uh, segment of the medical community that I wish we could overcome, you know, but it's it's a huge uphill battle. So that's where I think I could maybe make best use of, of my podcast to, you know, bringing about some purpose to my life and, and maybe helping other people out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and we'll talk offline because I have some ideas for you. So your journey is quite interesting. Um, and you, before you had chronic health issues, you were somebody who was in the gym all the time, sort of took pride in being a healthy, fit guy. So tell me what happened. I took pride in being a healthy, fit guy, but I was the most unhealthiest fit guy you would ever see. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say that. I was just as unhealthy as, as any other Anybody else, gym, you... rat, gym rat, especially. Right. I was taxing my body continuously. I was, I was working out probably five, six days a week. And when I wasn't working out, I was going for long distance runs. So I, I never gave my body any rest whatsoever. It was constantly under, under duress 24 seven, pretty much. I was always working on doing something and that was my happy place. I was also very insecure at the time too. And I, it was a lot of more about looks and, and then it was probably about health as well. And I mean, now I, I always say like, you know, I joke around, I look like a guy who does your taxes, but it's, it's true, right? Like I'm the complete opposite of that now. And people have a hard time envisioning me being 60 pounds heavier. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think the most overlooked thing, and I think that in the health space, people really overcomplicate things. Yeah. I think the worst toxin is stress and it's a very, um, simple process and it's kind of, you know, it's not to be beat a dead horse here, but it's kind of like cancer. It's very over, they overcomplicate things when they say it's a genetic disease mm -hmm. and with my with my issues, um, they've been overcomplicated by the medical community. You know, I've been diagnosed with this and diagnosed with that. Really, what it was was stress, gastritis, and then gastritis leads to leaky gut and leads to overgrowth of bacteria and candida. That's basically what the the whole path was for me. What set off the stress was I had a few people die within a two year span. Mm -hmm. uh, people who I was really close to, like grandparents and another relative of mine, I had a friend die, like, you know, so I, I had just a string of deaths. And I think I was at that point in my mid thirties, where I was transitioning into really becoming a man really being in you know, I was like, I had a family underway, I just bought a house, you know, like I started a business and it wasn't schoolboy time anymore. It was it was grown up time, right? Right. And, and then on top of that, I had people dying around me and I was like, man, getting older sucks. I used to curse my life every day, wishing I could go back in a time machine. I hate getting older. This is the worst. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it was, it was a really sad time for me. And, uh, that's really when my health issues really started to kick up for me, but what really, uh, destroyed me on top of that. And I have a lot of theories around this was when I took a benzodiazepine. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, um, benzodiazepines work on mast cells. Now, a lot of people in the benzo world are, are a little bit ignorant as to what happens with a benzodiazepine injury. Right. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm people, not, like, if people are listening and they're like, wait, wait, what is a benzodiazepine? So I want to talk about what, who gave you that? Why? Like, what were the symptoms? Cause usually this is anti-anxiety, um, like a Xanax, a Valium, people have heard of Valium, Clonopin, something like Lorazepam, that. Lorazepam, yeah. Right. And yeah. so usually it's insomnia or some anxiety, but um, sometimes it could be seizures too. What What is it? Why were you given this particular medication? Well, funny enough, I was I was given it uh, for chronic pelvic pain syndrome. That was yeah. the main the main reason why I was given it. Uh, okay. Chronic pelvic pain syndrome. I mean, I did have insomnia. I did have anxiety. Right. Um, but that wasn't really the, the reason why I got it. Um, my uh, urologist gave it to me of all people, believe it or huh. not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they use these barbaric treatments to treat things like interstitial cystitis, chronic pelvic pain. They call it prostatitis again. 
it's not pro it has nothing to do with the prostate, mm -hmm. but, um, but, you know, interstitial cystitis vulvodynia, they actually treat these conditions with benzodiazepines. Right. That's right. And nobody ever mentioned to you that it could be like oxalates or your diet. I'm oh, I didn't, I, I never even heard of oxalates, but I, I mean, I'd heard of them, but I, to me, they were nothing, I, you know, of course. Right. I, I, I didn't think anything of that at the time. I was just kind of in my normal, you know, um, I, I wasn't very, I didn't have a lot of critical thinking skills or anything at that time. Um, so I just went about my merry way. I took the benzodiazepine. Um, you excited about like the idea that that might help you? Were you like, yeah. Oh, big time. I was on okay. board. Yeah. Right, I was right, on, board. on board. I didn't, I right. didn't research it. I didn't, I didn't look into the medication, nothing. I just took it, went to the pharmacy right away and started taking it. Leading up to that. I'm sure I had some degree of SIBO and leaky gut. I'm sure I did. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. I know I had gastritis, mm -hmm. but benzodiazepines work on inhibiting mast cells. And right. when you withdraw from the benzodiazepine, it's mast cell havoc. And also your neurotransmitters get messed up like serotonin and, and GABA. Mm -hmm. uh, when that happens, it actually could uh, lead to more leaky gut. it lead to more inflammation when yes. you have dysregulation because if you have a dysregulation of those, especially those two neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. um, you will, uh, it, you know, there can be a lot of in, in, inflammation derived from that. Right. And, and dysbiosis just from having a dysbiosis to your neurotransmitters, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Right. Since most of the neurotransmitters are made in the gut. And so you think of gut dysbiosis, there's yeah. just this imbalance in the bacteria, the virus, yeah. everything that should be in your microbiome. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and okay. a lot of the, the bacteria produce these neurotransmitters, right? So right. it's just like the snowball effect. Yes. And so really what benzodiazepine, I think a lot of psych drug withdrawals are is mast cell dysregulation. That makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and it further increases inflammation and leaky gut and these cytokine storms and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. And then because I wasn't, I'm not a very bright person. <laughs> I went to the doctor to, to get help for benzodiazepine withdrawal. Oh, please doctor, help me. What can you do? I'm struggling the worst hell imaginable. I can't even describe it. Um, I, you know, I'm sure because you're mostly carnivore or you are carnivore, I'm not quite sure if you're strict or not, but, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people in your audience might know of Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. He was on a, he was on a benzodiazepine and he had to, to get off the medication, he had to go to Russia to be put into a self-induced coma, to wean him off the medication in a self-induced coma. And even then he had to be wheeled around in a wheelchair for a couple of years after because he couldn't walk. He could barely speak. Yeah. Uh, that gives you any idea as to how these medications could injure you. That's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Horrible. Um, mm -hmm. So so that was my life for many years. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm somewhat functional, but I'm worse in some areas. But uh, Balta, yeah. So the doctor put me on Cymbalta to help get me off of the benzodiazepine. Said, here, take this low dose Cymbalta. When you get off the benzo, whatever, that'll be easy to get off of. And then you just wean off the Cymbalta. Um, the Cymbalta has been worse for me because <laughs> I my, my nervous system has been so dysregulated uh -huh. that the Cymbalta which is actually one of, if not the hardest medications to get off of, com has completely destroyed my nervous system even further. Mm -hmm. I just have the worst mast cell activation. It's just it's off the charts. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can possible to, to fix that. But, mm -hmm. um, and I know I'm sort of all over the place with my story, but it's, it's, it's a very, there's, there's no one thing. There's no, you know, there's many things that happened. I got stomach flu in, in December, 2019 yeah. that set off my stomach. I've had, I guess, just sort of chronic SIBO and gastritis and acid reflux ever since then, mm -hmm. um, where I've had like 24 seven acid reflux. I got food poisoning last year that made things way worse. So it is what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently dealing with probably just, um, I would say there's probably about five persistent symptoms that I live with almost daily that are, are very hard to live with. And yeah. Mostly so. GI related. Yeah. So I, it's, it's a lot of, it's mostly mast cell related. Which can be nervous system 
since the mast cells are literally the bridge between the nervous system and the immune system, then you're having immune reactions yeah. and nervous system problems. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it basically manifests in severe anxiety, severe brain fog. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the type of anxiety and brain fog. Like, you know, when you talk to somebody at the grocery store and they're like, oh man, you know, I forgot my keys on, on my, right. you know, in, 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 in the kitchen this morning. Oh, I'm so dumb. I had the worst brain fog. Ha ha ha. I'm talking like you wake up and you don't know where you are. You can't remember your name. It takes me a minute to think about what your name is. You know, I, I have no idea the concept of time. Hence why I was late for this podcast today. <laughs> right. You know, it's just things like that. It's, it's on a different level. Like people can't understand it unless they've had it. You know, right. Yeah. Really extreme. Mm -hmm. I get rashes of my mucous membranes. I get vision issues. I get uh, severe acid reflux, uh, hence why I'm so skinny, because I feel like I can't eat anything. Otherwise, I'm just exasperating acid reflux and some other GI symptoms and stuff, pain and burning and that kind of stuff. So, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm thinking I got to I got to see if I can help you. I'm like, we need, we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Break it down. When we get me. off of this. I'm going to be like, okay. Yeah, All right. Scott, we got to get you right. So, I know. but I'm sure you've tried a lot of things. I'm, I mean, and so I know you've tried diet. So where are you with that? And are you carnivore now? Has that helped? Has anything been helpful yeah. at all? You know, carnivore helped for a while. Yeah, it did in the beginning, a couple months into carnivore. It took me about five weeks when I transitioned to carnivore about five weeks into it, I was like, man, I, I kind of woke up one day. I was like, whoa, I feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, I tested for SIBO, strangely enough, maybe about a month later, five, six weeks later, something like that. Yeah. And my methane numbers, despite feeling really good, my methane numbers blew through the roof. Hmm. They, they were higher than they'd ever been on carnivore. Which makes me think that carnivore methane producing archaea feeds mm -hmm. off of meat and, and maybe not feeds off of meat, but I don't know if it's carnivore just slows down your motility that, mm -hmm. or, or, if, or if perhaps the, this type of archaea feeds off of meat. I don't know, but I found it strange. I was very strict carnivore. I was only eating steak. I was on the lion diet mm -hmm. and, um, and my methane numbers blew insanely high despite me feeling really good. So I always thought that it was SIBO causing all my symptoms. And then that's when I kind of clicked for me. I was like, no, I don't think it's SIBO. Hmm. Because if it was SIBO, why is it my numbers are so high, yet I feel so good? I feel the best I've felt in years, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that the whole SIBO methane thing is a bit of a myth. I don't understand it. Right. I'm trying to figure it out because right. I, I've also talked to many other people in the carnivore space where carnivore seems to cure hydrogen-dominant hydrogen SIBO. People in a very short period of time, and there's even a study done on that, showing that carnivore within about six weeks, carnivore seems to cure hydrogen dominant types of bacteria that feed off of hydrogen. Hydrogen, right? uh huh. Yeah. So, so is that? Uh -huh. But methane goes in the other direction. Methane people, if they they test with um, after doing carnivore, they seem to blow very high numbers of methane, mm -hmm. which I find very interesting. So. Mm -hmm. My doctor convinced me at the time because I was still listening to doctors at the time. She said, you know, I want you to take Rifaximin. It's a harmless antibiotic. I looked it up on Google. Apparently it stays in your small intestine. It's, mm -hmm. they call it a eubiotic. It actually feeds good bacteria apparently. But when I took it, all hell broke loose. All my symptoms returned. Everything got way worse again. Uh -huh. Then I got the jibbity jab and yep. things got, went downhill from there. Yep. Then I got food poisoning and things went downhill from there <laughs> to the point where I couldn't even tolerate red meat anymore. I, I take a bite of red meat. I'll be like, oh, I need to throw up. Like I can't. Eggs, anything. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then I went to, into GAPS diet. Uh, the histamine killed me. The histamine just destroyed oh, me. Yeah, because it's a ton of histamine. Oh, oh my God. Buying histamine foods oh. with bone broth and fermented food. Oh, God. Oh, I can't even, I can't really, even fathom really it right now. It makes me sick. It gives me PTSD thinking about, uh, yeah, but sorry. the, <laughs> yeah, the, the meat stock, which everyone's like, oh, if you have histamine issues, you should be able to tolerate meat stock. I would have meat stock. And I thought it was die up at the time, but it, literally I'd be sitting there like shaking. That's how bad my mast cell activation was, you know? Dang. Yeah. And I'd be shaking and I, I'd be like, oh my God, what's my name? Like, who am I? You know? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, 
And I thought it was die off. Everyone's like, keep pushing, keep pushing. It's die off. It's die off. That's when I learned that the dogma wasn't for me. I'm like, if carnivore is not working for me, no more carnivore. If this isn't working for me, none of this. There's no die off. There's no oxalate dumping, <laughs> right? Like some things just don't work for certain people at certain times. You, you know, know, I I just said that today, Scott. I And as a as a clinician trying to help people, like I know that and your wife, you know, people who work with people, we, we think we are trying to help people. And there's this a little bit of, well, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. As, uh, right. Uh, no, no. As, no. as a client and as a patient, sometimes what people are telling us to do or what we think is right, yeah. it's just not working for us. And it's not mm -hmm. that it maybe wouldn't work forever, but it's not working right now. So you yeah. have to really figure out. And for you, I think you're now figuring out a lot of the nervous system, like how to support your nervous system, mm -hmm. how to calm these mast cells, like calm the body down. And then I'm hoping, because I I know you're earthing and, and doing some things, you're paying attention to your mitochondria, because I think you've got to start there before you, you're going to be able to do more with the food. And I think mm -hmm. the food becomes less important anyway. Well, that's, that's one thing I'm very lost on, to be perfectly honest with you. I know I can't do, I know I can't do carnivore okay. because yeah. part of my issue is I have severe gastritis. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. when you have gastritis and you eat meat, the, the acid sits in your stomach longer. I know a lot of carnivores don't want to believe that, but there's a reason why people with gastritis avoid meat because it's, it's hard to digest. I just seem to do okay with some boiled lean meat. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Boiled chicken, boiled salmon. I'm able to tolerate some quail eggs, but red meat is out of the question. If I eat red meat, I will throw up. I will yeah. not do well. People think, you know, I'll just eat more butter and, and red meat. That would kill me. It yeah. would kill me. And I'm guessing you've tried like digestive enzymes and things oh yeah like all that. that stuff would make me worse you know i'm one of those like mcas guys who literally every supplement every drug like everything makes me worse okay so it goes very... super super simple and do what works for you I'm yeah thinking. but yeah. that's that's another story is i don't know what works for me yet like yeah. i don't handle carbohydrates very well maybe it's because i didn't eat carbs for i don't know four years mm -hmm. so now that I can't eat fat, I mean, I have to eat some sort of fuel source and protein's not a very efficient fuel source. So I've tried switching over to carbs a little bit, Yeah, a little bit fat. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing like, you know, quail eggs. I mean, it adds a little bit of fat. I'll yeah. put a, I'll put a little bit, a little bit of ghee on my food. You know, I get a little bit of fat with like I'll have a chicken thigh or something like that, but it's, it's very hard for me to get a lot of fat in. I can mm. maybe tolerate 10, 15 grams of a meal. And I'm doing a lot more protein and I'm doing some carbs, but I don't react well with carbs. Right. Either. I, I get the anxiety. I get brain fog when I eat carbs. Yep. So it's the only thing that seems to make me feel better, Kelly, is when I do a fast. But the problem is I'm so skinny now. Mm -hmm. I'm so skinny now from fasting and stuff that it's becoming dangerous. And my doctor did an MRI on me and I kind of have the brain of somebody who has anorexia. Like yeah. I do have some degree of what it was it, you know, shrinking of, of the, uh, you right. Know, certain parts of the brain that, yeah, they've atrophied certain parts of the brain of atrophied. Okay. And my heart as well, atrophied just a little bit. It, they're very, it's very minor atrophying, but it's, it's still, still there nonetheless. Right. So I need to be a little bit careful that I'm giving my heart and, and brain enough protein and everything to function. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I really think that to be honest with you, fasting has, has been my savior. The problem is I, I can't fast for very long because I lose weight very quickly. Right. I, I really think, and, and also I find it very hard because I do have food addictions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I say this being a person who fasts a lot of times, like I, I fast 16 hours overnight, you know, mm -hmm. uh, every day. And I often get in my 24 hour fast. I really think that if I could fast for like a week, it would just solve all my problems. I really do think that mm -hmm. because I know it's my inflammation goes down. The leaky gut goes down. Yeah. 
my digestion gets better, but I can never fast for long enough for it to actually fix the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to go about doing that because I, I also can't eat a lot. If I eat a lot to gain weight, then I, I don't gain weight because I'm, I have such bad malabsorption issues. Right. And it's just this kind of, I'm stuck in this weird place, you know? So yeah. maybe that's where you could have some ideas for me, but well, I'm I know getting, yeah, sorry, go doing, ahead. No, I'm just thinking you're doing things. So is that when you started Wired for Healing? I mean, I know you're doing Yeah, that. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally even forgot about that. I'm like, so, I have some ideas with circadian rhythm and yes. like making sure that your support, your lifestyle is going to support your circadian rhythms and your mitochondria yeah. mm -hmm. so that then you could fast longer and hopefully not lose that weight. But yeah, so I would love to pick your like, brain about that. Yeah. yeah you know, I, so I started this, this thing wired for healing and I, I don't want, I'm not here to plug it. I, re I really don't want to go that rude. But I'm like, is, but, is that why you started well, it? I started, no. So I, I was talking to Rabbi Rachel. Do you know, do you know Yes. Her? She's going to yeah. come on the show. I love Ra her. She's adorable. Yeah. Ra oh, Rachel's such a great girl. I always call her like the Tom Hanks of the, the carnivore space. And I'm sorry for you people out there that aren't Tom Hanks fans, but he's known as like the most lovable guy in Hollywood. That's Rabbi Rachel. Right. most lovable girl in in the carnivore space and she's a great success story so she's a, a huge inspiration for me and same with lady carnivory yeah, i love jc JC's great yeah. yeah she told me about dnrs which is dynamic neural training system this is yep. a limbic system training program mm -hmm. i was doing it and at first i was very skeptical i was like ah this is a bunch of hocus pocus woo woo stuff you know it's not going to work for me this is for normies. They, I, I'm not a normal person. This is for normies. You know, that's the way, <laughs> it's part of the limbic system injury. And I definitely noticed some differences. You know, I started meditating. I started doing, you know, sort of behavioral pattern disruption and, and sort of trying to rewire my brain in certain aspects. And it was working for me to some degree, but I didn't like the program so much. I, I you know, mm -hmm. Annie Hopper, it's not for me. I, sure. I thought it was too cookie cutter in a way, like too, uh -huh. you know. I, I don't know if you're that. familiar with Annie Hopper, but she's a big yep. cookie cutter. Yeah, um, that, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Then I went to the Gupta program and it was the same thing. You know, uh, it, was, it was cookie yeah. cutter, Gupta, uh, you know, the, yeah, just perfect. the way they talk, the way that I wasn't resonating with it. So I said, you know, why, why don't I just start my own community? But I'm going to do it different because I want to have it interactive. I want to have it so people come into the class. Everybody has the support of the community. We have five live classes a week. And we're all there to help each other in all sorts of different types of healing modalities, not just neurotraining. We also work on lifestyle stuff. Yeah. We work on diet. We work on lifestyle. We work on getting sun. We work on walking together in the mornings. We work on someone on circadian rhythm and proving like mitochondrial health, even though I'm no expert in that field. You are, but. No, um, we're, we're all learning. It's all, it's yeah. so new. Like we're all. Yeah. Sort of and hence, too. exactly. And hence why we're getting the uh, group as a guest speaker, because we need people to discuss this in a way that makes sense to, to our members. Right. So, mm -hmm. so we do that. We're just trying to find, you know, joy in our lives again and yeah. trying to add a little bit of joy to everybody's life in the group. And, you know, it's just, it's so nice to be part of a community of people that we're all working towards the same goal of healing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that easy to find. No. And chronic illness is no joke, like mm -hmm. just the up and down of it. And I think, yeah. you know, I have a son with chronic, chronic illness and, um, and really chronic anxiety now. And so many people that's, you know, they'll see him on a good day and they say, Oh, he looks good. And you're like, yeah, cause you can't mm -hmm. see trauma and you can't yeah. see, like, you can't, exactly. you can't necessarily see chronic illness. And so I felt, I said to a yeah. friend of mine, um, her daughter had a horrible car accident years and years and years ago. She's all fine. It's good. But like, I feel like I had the invisible car accident. Like nobody knows. I mean, they kind of know, but you know, like you're moving through life, you're expected to just move on mm -hmm. and yet you feel terrible all the time. So I think community is huge. I love that y'all are a, a community together supporting chronic illness healing you know i'm an open book and i think that if if anyone is listening to this and i'm sure probably most of your members or most of your audience <laughs> are people living with some kind of illness otherwise they probably wouldn't be listening to this but mm -hmm. i think 
the hardest part of a chronic illness is feeling so alone. Yes. And 100%. Not it's especially when you have a chronic illness that no one understands. There's no label for it. You can't say, oh, I have cancer. I have HIV. I have this or that. I have autoimmune condition. I have, you know, you just go down that list. If you just have a condition that's like, well, I don't know what that is. It's right. whether it's leaky gut or chronic pain or, mm -hmm. um, MCAS. MCAS nobody I mean, knows what MCAS, MCAS is. MCAS, you have like a hundred symptoms and everyone's like, I don't know what MCAS is, you know? And they're just like, oh, cool. Well, I hope you get sorted out. It's like, no, it's not cool because right. I could literally... MCAS, I think is, you know, I, I hate to say this, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's one of the worst because you could get literally every symptom from every disease imaginable because mast cells affect every organ of your body, every right. part of your body. Right. And, you know, I get chronic sinus infections. I have, my skin is always flaring and yep. I have digestive problems and, you know, the, the neurological problems and stuff like Sometimes I kind of wish I was like, man, I, you know, I've like, this sounds terrible, but like people I've talked to live with MCAS sometimes say the same thing. They'd be like, man, I'd rather have cancer. I wish I had cancer. Cause then at least I could have a label that people would understand. Maybe people would have empathy for it. You know, I know that there's a treatment for it and I would, I would sort of go from there. But with this, I mean, the treatments are so, you just don't know what to do. I mean, it's so individual and yeah. But anyway, I think that, that the, the community aspect is so important because no one under, understands what I'm going through. Um, most people end up in divorce, um, inc including myself. I mean, I'm in the process right now. Oh, are you? you know? And, you know, your significant other is, is probably going to get fed up at some point and they won't, they don't understand what you're going through. I try to have some empathy for that. You have kids, young kids, or, you know, in my case, like young kids, they don't understand what you're going through. So it doesn't matter if it's a good or bad day, you got to wake up at five in the morning or, you know, deal with their crying or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So it really sucked having to go through this for so long for years mm -hmm. without having anyone I could turn to for any sort of real support on the issue. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think that it's, uh, it's completely changed the game for me, but having that community definitely provides me with some comfort. Right. So it sounds like you have found a few things that are helpful. Yeah. You just got, you've got some more searching to do. And I know at one point my, my son was saying, I'm not doing any more of your weird stuff. Like I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm not getting better. No one knows how to help me. I'm not you know, I'm done. And I said, do you feel great? And he said, no. And I said, is your sleep good? No. Do you, you know, like I listed a few other things and I was like, then we're not done because mm. until you feel, you know, he's pretty functional. I've gotten him pretty functional, but, or he's gotten himself that way. But I mean, it's really tough, but you're not done until and you, there is possible for you to feel good. I believe that it's possible for you to feel good mm -hmm. and to bring joy back to your life. And so until then we're not done. Yeah, no. And I, and I fully agree with that. I do. I fully agree with that. I think it's very possible. I think that it just has to be done carefully. And yes, I and think in I, your own way, you can, you're, you're not going to heal like everybody else. Cookie cutter is not for you. Yeah, no, exactly. I think the biggest thing I struggle with is it's very, even though you, you might not, you might know the right approach to healing, to healing yourself, at least getting yourself to a better level. Yeah. It's very hard to adhere to as well. Yeah. So doing the daily exercises required to heal, even if your life depends on it, even if, you know, your kids depend on it, it's not easy to show up for yourself a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're in a state of severe neurological impairment yeah, and you have histamine issues and you can't think rationally, mm -hmm. you know, it really, it really disrupts things. So I, I think I'm getting to the point where even though I do have that severe neurological impairment. I think I'm getting at the point where I could navigate through that mm -hmm. somewhat 
sufficiently and you know begin to show up for myself a little bit more than i have been mm -hmm. so i think that's that's pretty good but i'd love to pick your brain because i know that you've gone through some similar health issues and mm -hmm. i would love to obviously get your knowledge on board and, and really try to learn from as many experts as, as possible and that's mm -hmm. that's sort of where i go with my podcast and I try to get on experts at all different levels, whether it's conventional doctors who I disagree with mm -hmm. or al alternative practitioners or whoever. Mm -hmm. I had a, a doctor on, when was it? A couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, well, it was on yesterday and uh, she was an MCAS expert, but she's, mm -hmm. she's more of a conventional practitioner Yeah. and she prescribes, you know, stuff like benzodiazepines. Yeah. Yeah. which I tell everybody not to take. I would never take a benzo. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. You know, she's prescribing all these like antihistamines and acid blockers. And yep. And I'm sitting there being like, oh God, no, 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 please. But mm -hmm. I still want to hear what they have to say because I think it's important that people get that information yeah. and that they decipher what's right for them, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because that might be a path for somebody that might actually work for somebody, but a lot of us, it's not going to work for us because yeah. we're, our bodies are way too sensitive for those kinds of things. And I've heard, um, you know, MCAS experts say that there are people who there's, there seems to be two routes. There are the people who do well with medications and they can do that. And they don't do well with more of the alternative kinds of things. And then there are the people who don't do well with the meds. They do better with the alternative kinds of things. And so you just have to play with both and kind of have your own healing journey and see what's going to work better for you. And it sounds like you've had quite the journey. <laughs> well, I, I don't do well with either. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I've you're a unique to, bird, every, I think. Yeah, I've tried every supplement. I've tried every drug. I've tried everything you could possibly imagine. I think my body's just like, okay, homeostasis, Scott, keep shit out of my body. Let me just do the work and you stay out of it now. I think that's what my body's telling me. Yeah, so. that could be. Yeah. And I know for me, I had to get to a place too where I was like, I have to allow nature to heal me. Like mm -hmm. quit trying to do every, quit trying stuff and let nature actually help heal me. Mm -hmm. And I, that made sense to me intellectually, but I wasn't, I wasn't letting it in. And so I had to do a little bit of work there, whether that's like psycho, psycho, psychologically or emotionally or whatever that was, I had to let go of some of that resistance for, for whatever reason that mm -hmm. I, that I had to, that I was going to fix myself and say, I'm just going to let nature fix me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the further you get away from nature, um, the further you get away from your health and the Correct. further you get away from homeostasis, right? Correct. The closer you get to nature, the opposite. I, I think that's true for almost any disease, cancer, uh, leaky, leaky gut, you know, autoimmunity. I mean, you just run the, run the gamut. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that's really what I'm trying to get back to. And, and I do, I have to say that I have a lot of gratitude for mm -hmm. having gone through this for so long. Um, well, exactly. I, I could have, you know, done with a, maybe a couple of years of this, this extra suffering, but um, but I've learned a lot, you know, and I feel like I have a lot more purpose in my life from my chronic illness exactly. and mm -hmm. I I'm helping out people and I'm able to, to do things for my kids. You know, I, I, I feel comfortable knowing that I'm doing right by my kids now, mm -hmm. whereas th the guy five years ago, mm -hmm. You know, would have been fine giving his kids goldfish and granola bars and and seed oils and stuff like that every day. Mm -hmm. And now this guy here before you is like, okay, now I know I actually take care of my kids and mm -hmm. do right by them and make sure that they have a good fighting chance when they're older and try to pass along some of this knowledge to them as well. They don't might not necessarily follow it, but at least they'll have it. They might, yeah. You never know. And hopefully, my podcast will be a testament to that. And, um. And, you know, just spraying the word about cancer and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, so I, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot more meaning in my life than there was when I was healthy. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I don't, I can't say I regret it. I think that it, it happened for a reason, but right. now I'm like, now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, Scott, like enough is enough. Like now it's getting to the point where it's dangerous. 
and I need to really buckle up now and be like, okay, there, there needs to be a change. Cause I, I can't keep going like this for another few years, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. But I'm actually excited for you. Cause I think you're there. I know your heart is in it. And when you're committed to your own healing and your heart is in it and you get to a place where you're like this, what I've been, what I, where I am now is not sustainable. And so I have to, and you're open to more things because the things your life has shown you, you have to stay open. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know what's going to be helpful to you. So, um, yeah. Well, don't Kelly, do you find it frustrating having the knowledge that you have and trying to convince people that these things are important for their health, like getting sunlight and food and lifestyle and stress and that kind of stuff. Like people don't listen to me. Like I tell people about this stuff. They think I'm crazy. Right. Yeah, I know it is. It's, it can be really frustrating, but I just have to remind myself that I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm here to live my life as best I can and, and let my life be my teaching. I know that's a Gandhi, but I'm just saying, you know, live my life best I can learn. And if somebody's listening, if there's one person that listens and takes something from it, and even if they heard it in a way that we didn't even say it, if they, if they hear something that was helpful to them, it touched their heart, they make a change in their life that feels good to me, that's enough. And that yeah. it, it can be frustrating, but I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I think that's a waste of time. I'm here to talk to the people where it, that it already resonates with them and they're already kind of ready. And I know it's a, been a process for me. So it's going to be a process for other people too, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, people, it takes, you know, several times of hearing something, I think for people to even to eat for it to even sink in, especially if it's something you don't believe. Right. So, but yeah, it can be a little frustrating for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it just seems so obvious, you know, some of these things that like, I can't believe I didn't think about it before. I know. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hmm. Diet is making you sick, you know, like a diet of processed food and eating bread all the time. And I thought that was perfectly okay. You know, because everyone else was doing it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just unbelievable to me that, you know, it's such an uphill battle trying to convince people this stuff, you know, it's like, huh, you, you know, you put animals, I mean, any, every domesticated animal is just riddled with disease. Right. I mean, cow, cows live, you know, a fraction of their lifetime eating corn and living on, in, inside than they do if they were to eat grass and live on pasture. Right. Um, talk to any farmer, they'll, they'll confirm this with you. Um, and, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's some kind of weird concept to people that I think we've been so brainwashed. It's like, if you feed chickens Doritos for their whole life and keep them in a cage, huh, are they going to get sick? Well, how are humans any different? Right. How are we any different? We right. sit inside all day on our computers. Don't get light, mm-hmm. right? We we're stressed out with work. We eat garbage, you know, we'll have our Subway sandwich. We'll have some pizza for dinner. I mean, how are we any different than caged chickens eating Doritos, right? Right, I know. <laughs> and and you're surprised when you get cancer. You're surprised when you get diabetes. You're surprised when you get all heart disease and everything else. I mean, come on. You know, mm-hmm. but people, you start talking like this to people and they think you're nuts. They're just like, oh, no, no. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. My doctor never told me that. You know, it's like, it can't be true. I know so, it drives me nuts, but I, I like your perspective on it. Cause I, I get more stressed out thinking about it than you do, obviously. <laughs> it could still get under my skin and i it's a conscious decision to let, to let as much of that go as possible. Cause it's not, you know, and I think people that I love are very much interested in what, in that kind of model of, Oh, I'm so lucky I have doctors around me. I'm like, mm, okay. Mm. I mean, you know, and even I love the doctors that are, you know, waking up and saying the way that we've been taught, first of all, they don't know anything about nutrition because they're not taught anything about nutrition and what they're taught is wrong. And the people who figure that out and start talking about it, I I find a lot of um, satisfaction in hearing those folks come out and talk and, and it's not my job to try and, and tell other people 
like what, how they're supposed to live their lives. The people who pay me and say, will you help me? Yeah. And putting podcast episodes out and all of that so that hopefully the right people find it. But for, but you know, if somebody doesn't like it, that's okay. You you can have, you have every right to live your life, how you're living. If it's working for you, keep doing it. Oh, I 100% agree with you. And right. I could just give you an anecdotal story. I mean, I was at the doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I was at the doctor today uh, with, with my son because they, you know, the daycare called, thought he had pink eye, didn't have pink eye. Anyway, uh, it's a long story, but, and, you know, the doctor was checking him out and whatever and asked me about his diet a little bit. And I was like, oh God, here we go. You know, <laughs> doctor starts talking about diet. They actually have a pamphlet in the doctor's office saying that uh, here's a list of junk food and here's a list of good food. Eat a variety of fruits and vegetables, blah, blah. And under the list of bad food, it was like sugar and sweets and said fatty cuts of meat. Oh, yeah. Fatty meat. And uh, so she checked his his body weight percentage and all that junk. You know, I mean, it was taller than the average kid. He ended up being like 85% body weight for his age. Oh, you need to cut back. She's like, you need to cut back on like things like whole milk and, you know, start giving him like 2% and then wean him down. Maybe start weaning his milk down, go to skim milk and mm-hmm. more um, sugar. Like, come on people. <laughs> so like, I said to her, I, so I said, and she's like, you know, get him onto healthy fats. I'm like, okay. I was like, okay. So what it was a healthy fat. And she's like, oh, well, you know, give him salmon and stuff like that. And I agree with that. That's fine. Avocado. She actually listed some good sources of fat. I'm fine with that. But I said, okay, well, saturated fat, you know, and she's like, well, in, in, you know, you want to keep that in moderation. moderation. I, was, <laughs> I was like, well, what's breast milk mostly comprised of? I mean, it's not, you know, I, 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 I like, I was just kind of quizzing her. I wasn't trying to be a jerk about it, but I was just like, so she's like, oh, well, you know, when you get to a certain age, you want to cut back on saturated fat. I said, okay, well, what, what age around? And she's like, well, probably, I don't know, probably around two, you she know, did. I was like, Right, she doesn't. Where are you pulling these facts from? Yeah, at two years old, saturated fat all of a sudden becomes bad for you. So if we if we kept feeding him breast milk, all of a sudden that becomes poisonous to the baby. I mean, come on, you're just get your head out of your butt, you know. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm 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 listening to her talk and I'm trying to ask questions to her that are so logic based. Obvious, yeah. They're so obvious that I'm trying to get her to question herself. Right. I know. Because she's saying th- things that she's so in- mired in her dogma that I I can't believe she would actually say that and be like, oh, well, saturated fat becomes poisonous when you're about two. <laughs> I'm like, did you read that in a study somewhere? Okay. Cite the study, please. You know? Right. And she's got to be questioning that in her head after being like, hmm, maybe I should research this a bit. <laughs> I know. Well, or not, because I don't think they have time to do that. Right. But that, that's... That- yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I do when when I talk to people about now. I don't say you're wrong. This is wrong. Wrong. I just right. sort of ask them questions Question. to make them. Question I love that. Themselves. I yeah. think that's brilliant, and that doesn't bother me. You know, they always say, "I'll oh, get more fiber in your diet" or some nonsense like that. And for me, I just say, "Okay," and keep moving because I know better. But what right. upsets me is the people who don't know better, and that's the advice that this you know person is giving. And, and that's not good health. That's not, that's actually not good advice, but mm. yeah, I could go, I could go on and on. There. Yeah. I mean, we're not here to save the world, like you said, but we are here to spread the message as best we can. Right. And right. I think so. And, and get people to think critically. So yeah. I love that you, you just have a bunch of questions well, that <laughs> help them. Well, realize Kelly, and make it yeah. Nice. And Kelly, this is where I need your help, right? I need everyone's help imaginable. Now guys, if you want to put in the comments that I need to go harder carnivore or something like that, no. go back on eating ribeyes. I, I, I'm sick and tired of hearing those comments, but I'm looking for some, some good suggestions because I think that in order for me, for me to live out my purpose, I need to be, I need to regain my health. I need to be the picture of success, you know, and that's, what's really holding me back. I need to regain my health show my kids, show an example to my family, to my friends, what, what I did to cure myself naturally without Mm -hmm. medications, without, you know, all the nonsense. 
So that's what I'm trying to do right now. And I, I need to do this. So yeah, that's where I'm kind of at right now. That's my health story in a nutshell, if that's of interest to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually excited for you. Um, and I have some ideas for you. So we'll, I'm, I'm grateful that you came on, that you told, and we'll have to have you on in the future to see yeah. how some of the suggestions go. <laughs> yeah, I got to put Dr. Kelly on the payroll. Get her no, no, get, no. Me, get me to to help me get my health back on track. And then I'm going to come back on your podcast when my health is back on track. And this is actually a good thing because it's going to hold me accountable. And then we're going to show everybody how it's done. Yeah, that's the plan. But you got to <laughs> listen. And the problem is you got to listen to your own gut, your own system. Oh, and when your yeah. gut is a mess, it's kind of hard to hear what's yeah. the message, right? So it's hard, but it's doable. So, well, okay. So we're going to work together and I'm going to help you figure some things out and then we'll get you back on the show. How about that? Yeah, I would, I would love that. Absolutely. Okay. I would love that. All right. Yeah. And I do, I'm going to list everything of how people can get in touch, see your, your YouTube channel and also wired for healing. So people will be able to, um, find all of that information. Is there anything else that we missed that you wanted to tell people? Not really. I just, I have a 10 tendency to ramble. I could just ramble about stuff all day. Um, I, I talk a lot, so I think I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> all right. That's perfect. All right. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Nourish Soul podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, I would love it if you would rate the show. And I'm also going to ask a favor. If you have not already done so, if you would consider subscribing to the show, it is very helpful for us to have more subscribers. And I greatly appreciate all of our subscribers. I also wanted to give you a couple of places where you could get more information if you wanted it. I am putting more videos on my YouTube channel, some shorter videos, some longer videos, but I'm spending more time putting content there that I hope will be helpful. It is still about nourishing the body, mind, soul, information about quantum health, nutrition, mental health, anything that I have found to be particularly helpful, but it's that fresh perspective on vitality and healing that I have there. So you can go over there and find it. Dr. Kelly Ritter is the name of my channel. I'm also putting more information and putting more time into Instagram. So if you're on social media and you want to connect, I love to connect with people via Instagram, Dr. Underscore Kelly on Instagram. And I'm doing more lives on Instagram and put, trying to put, <laughs> doing my best to put more information out especially on the quantum health strategies that I think are so helpful for people, but in bite-sized pieces. So you can digest that, get it on the go, whatever you need to do there. And hopefully that will be helpful to more people. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. I love doing this show and it is my pleasure to bring it to people and hope that is, it is helpful in your own journey. I hope you are being really good to yourself this week and that you're having a fantastic week. So happy healing.